Good morning, everyone. If you will open up to Lamentations chapter 2, that's where we'll get started here in a few moments. Lamentations, the second chapter. Great to see so many of you out on this very wet Sunday morning. I'm very encouraged by so many guests who we have here today with us. We appreciate your presence. We hope you leave here as encouraged as as we are that you are here. Lamentations, the second chapter, is where we'll begin. God's people are literally living in hell on earth, or as close to hell as you can get. The prophet Jeremiah stomach begins to churn as he sees infants and babies starving and fainting in the streets. Children are crying out for bread and water, but no one hears them. All is silent. His bile is poured out to the ground as he sees fathers and mothers so hungry, so desperate, so famished that they look at their own deceased child and then they begin to resort to cannibalism. There are dead bodies scattered everywhere. The prophet's eyes fill with tears as he sees priests and prophets slaughtered and killed in the sanctuary of the Lord. He sees priests who were once very beautiful, once very handsome and ruddy, now have faces as black as soot, skin as dry as wood that is shriveled up to their bones. People who once feasted on delicacies now perish in the streets. As the prophet sees all of this chaos, as he sees all of this devastation around him, as he sees his beautiful city of Jerusalem scattered with dead bodies, bones, and ashes, he cries out to the Lord, how lonely sits the city that was once full of people. How like a widow she has become. She who was once great among the nations. She who was once a princess among the provinces has now become a slave. God's people are literally living in hell on earth, or as close to hell as you can get. And so we ask ourselves, why? Why? How did God's people get to this point? What did they do? Who allowed this to happen? Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me this morning very, very clearly. God allowed this to happen. Let me introduce you to God. Lamentations chapter 2 and verse number 1. The Bible says how the Lord in his anger has set the daughter of Zion under a cloud. He has cast down from heaven to earth the splendor of Israel. He has not remembered his footstool in the day of his anger. The Lord has swallowed up without mercy all the inhabitants of Jacob. In his wrath, he has broken down the strongholds of the daughter of Judah. He has brought down to the ground in dishonor the kingdom and its rulers. He has cut down in fierce anger all of the might of Israel. He has withdrawn from them his right hand in the face of the enemy. He has burned like a flaming fire in Jacob, consuming all around. He has bent his bow like an enemy with his right hand set like a foe. And he has killed all who were delightful in our eyes in the tent of the daughter of Zion. He has poured out his fury like fire. The Lord has become like an enemy. He has swallowed up Israel. He has swallowed up 
all its palaces. He has laid in ruins its strongholds, and he has multiplied in the daughter of Judah mourning and lamentation. Verse 6, he has laid waste his booth like a garden, laid in ruins its meeting place. The Lord has made Zion forget festival and Sabbath, and in his fierce indignation has spurned king and priest. The Lord has scorned his altar, disowned his sanctuary. He has delivered into the hand of the enemy the walls of her palaces. They raised a clamor in the house of the Lord as on the day of festival. The Lord determined to lay in ruins the wall of the daughter of Zion. He stretched out the measuring line. He did not restrain his hand from destroying. He caused Rampart and Wall to lament. They languished together. Her gates have sunk into the ground. He has ruined and broken her bars. Her king and princes are among the nations. The law is no more, and her prophets find no vision from the Lord. Verse 10. The elders of the daughter of Zion sit on the ground in silence. They have thrown dust on their heads and put on sackcloth. The young women of Jerusalem have bowed their heads to the ground. My eyes are spent with weeping. My stomach churns. My bile is poured out to the ground because of the destruction of the daughter of my people. Because infants and babies faint in the streets of the city. They cry to their mothers where is bread and wine as they faint like a wounded man in the streets of the city, and their life is poured out on their mother's bosom. Verse 17, the Lord has done what he purposed. He has carried out his word which he commanded long ago. He has thrown down without pity. He has made the enemy rejoice over you and exalted the might of your foes. Verse 20, Lamentations chapter 2, verse 20. Look, O Lord, and see, with whom have you dealt thus? Should women eat the fruit of their womb, the children of their tender care? Should priest and prophet be killed in the sanctuary of the Lord? In the dust of the streets lie the young and the old. My young women and my young men have fallen by the sword. You have killed them in the day of your anger, slaughtering without pity. You summoned as if to a festival day, my terrors on every side, on the day of the anger of the Lord, no one escaped or survived. Those whom I have raised, my enemy has destroyed. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the God of lamentations. It was God who caused those infants and babies to starve and faint in the streets. It was God who allowed those parents to look at their own deceased children and resort to cannibalism. It was God who allowed those priests and prophets to be slaughtered in the sanctuary of the Lord. This is God. The prophet Hosea cries out in Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Unfortunately, we are living in a world full of people, just like the children of Israel, who too will be destroyed because they lack knowledge, they lack understanding, they lack insight into the fierce anger, the wrath, and the malice of the Lord. This is the God of Lamentations. We sit here and we ask ourselves, why? Why did God allow this to happen to his people? 
Why did God allow His people to live in hell on earth? God allowed this to happen, ladies and gentlemen, because God cannot dwell with sin. God cannot dwell with sin. That during this time, the children of Israel's lives were full of wickedness, full of evil, and full of sin. It's about 627 B.C. And King Josiah has just died. And despite Josiah's attempted reforms, the nation of Israel fell further and further and further and further away from God. And so God, in His loving kindness, sends the prophet Jeremiah on the scene to warn the people to turn back to God. Get yourselves right with God, or God is going to punish you. The people wouldn't listen to Him. They laughed at Him. They mocked Him. They struck Him. They threw Him in a pit and left Him there to die. And they continued to live in sin. And so, because of their sins, God separated Himself from them because God cannot dwell with sin. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, years before the prophet Jeremiah comes on the scene, God tells His people, if you follow My law, if you obey Me, if you serve Me, I will send you blessings upon blessings upon blessings. But if you transgress My will, if you break the covenant, I will send you curses upon curses upon curses. The people have broken the covenant of the Lord. They have sinned, and now they will be punished. In Lamentations chapter 1, chapter 1 and verse number 3, we see that Tragedy has come upon God's people because of their sins. Lamentations chapter 1 and verse 3. Judah has gone into exile. Why? Because of affliction and hard servitude. Chapter 1 and verse 8. Jerusalem sinned grievously, therefore she has become filthy. Verse 9. Verse 9, her uncleanness was in her skirts. She took no thought of her future. Therefore, her fall is terrible. Chapter 1 and verse number 18. Chapter 1, verse 18. The Lord is in the right, for I have rebelled against His word. Verse 20, verse 20. Look, O Lord, for I am in distress. My stomach churns. My heart is wrung within me. Why? Because I have been very rebellious. Verse 22. Lamentations chapter 1 and verse 22. Let all their evil doing come before you and deal with them as you have dealt with me. Why? Because of all of my transgressions. Chapter 5, chapter 5 and verse number 7. Lamentations chapter 5 and verse number 7. Our fathers sinned and are no more, and we bear their iniquities. Finally, Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 39. Turn back to Lamentations chapter 3 and verse number 39. The prophet says, Why should a living man complain, a man about the punishment of his own sins? God's people are living in hell on earth because of their own 
sins. Yes, God allowed those infants and babies to starve and faint in the streets, but it was the children of Israel who caused it to happen. Yes, God allowed those priests and prophets to be slaughtered in the sanctuary of the Lord, but it was the children of Israel who caused it to happen. Yes, God allowed His beloved city of Jerusalem to be scattered with dead bones, bodies, and ashes, but ladies and gentlemen, it was the children of Israel who caused it to happen. God cannot dwell with sin. And the point that I'm trying to make to you this morning is God does not overlook sin. God punishes sin. He does something about sin. The children of Israel thought, they thought that God would overlook their sins. They thought that just because they were God's chosen people, just because they were the covenant people, just because they were Jews, just because they were blessed with all these promises and, and had the covenant, just because they were descendants of Abraham, they thought just because they were Israelites, they could live their lives however they wanted to, do whatever they wanted to, and still be okay with God. But the prophet Jeremiah makes the point very clear that this is not the case. God does not overlook sin. God does not pardon willful, unrepentant sin. God punishes sin. In Jeremiah chapter 7, in Jeremiah chapter 7, the children of Israel thought that just because they were Jews, just because they were going into the house of God, just because they were crying out the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, just because they were doing all of these wonderful outward displays of worship and service to God, that they were okay with God, even though they were living like the heathen world around them. They thought that they could go into the house of God and worship and live like heathens. But Jeremiah makes the point very clear. No, you cannot do this. God does not overlook sin. He will punish you. Jeremiah chapter 7 and verse number 8. Jeremiah 7 verse 8. The prophet cries out to the people, Behold, you trust in deceptive words to no avail. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, make offerings to Baal, and go after other gods that you have not known? And then come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, we are delivered only to go on doing all of these abominations? Has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, I myself have seen it, declares the Lord. Go now to my place that was in Shiloh, where I made my name dwell at first, and see what I did to it because of all of the evil of my people Israel. What Jeremiah is saying to the people is, look and see what happened to the northern kingdom of Israel. Look and see how because of their sins, because of their hypocrisy, because of their wickedness, I wiped them out. I wiped out the northern kingdom of Israel. I'm going to wipe you out too. Jeremiah chapter 7 and verse 13, the prophet continues to say, And now, because you have done all of these things, declares the Lord, and when I spoke to you persistently and you did not listen, and when I called you and you did not answer, therefore I will do to the house that is called by my name and which you trust and to the place that I gave to you and to your fathers as I did to Shiloh. And I will cast you out of my sight as I cast out all of your kinsmen, all of the offspring of Ephraim. God does not overlook sin. God does not turn a blind eye to sin. God does not pardon willful, unrepentant sin. 
Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. God punishes sin. Today is September the 22nd, 2018. And sadly, we are living in a world full of people who fail to acknowledge, they fail to appreciate, they fail to fear the God of lamentations. We're living in a world full of people much like the children of Israel during the days of Jeremiah. We're living in a world full of people who call good evil and evil good. We're living in a world full of people who, who live much like the children of Israel during the, days, during the days of Noah. Every thought and every intention of the heart of man is only evil continually. We're living in a world full of people who are, who are idolatrous, people who are selfish, people who are covetous, people who lack love, care, and concern for one another. This is the type of environment that we are living in. And the unfortunate reality is so many people who live this way have no idea that they are lost. They think that they're okay with God. They're living in one nation under God. They, they pray uh, before they eat for every meal. They're in every worship service. They partake of the Lord's Supper. They do all of these wonderful acts of worship. They, they cry out, Lord, 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 the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. But guess what? Even though things look good on the outside, as Jesus would say in Matthew chapter 7, their hearts are full of dead men's bones. Their hearts are not right with God. People who live this way, people who worship and serve the, the Lord outwardly, but deny the Lord by the things that they do, or as the Apostle Paul would say in Titus chapter 1, verse 16, detestable, disobedient, and unfit for every good work. People who live like the heathen world around them and then come into God's house and try to worship Him are not in a right relationship with God. And the God of limitations will wipe them out. That's the stark reality. That's the reality. That is the God that we serve. I don't care what um, pastor so-and-so says. I don't care what your professor says. I don't care what your favorite author says. I don't care what your teacher says. I don't care what your best friend says. I don't care what your parents say if it is contrary to what God says. God says in Romans chapter 11, verse 22, Behold the goodness and the severity of God. This is the God that we serve. This is the God that slaughter entire nations. He pours out His wrath on people who disobey Him. God punishes sin. The Hebrew writer would say in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 26, if we go on sinning willfully, if we go on sinning willfully, we know the right thing to do, but, but we say, okay, forget about that. I'm just going to live my life however I want to. If we go on sinning willfully, there no longer remains a sacrifice for our sins. But what remains is a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation that will consume the adversaries. The Hebrew writer says, it was a horrible, horrible, awful tragedy for someone to forsake the law of Moses. How much worse punishment can we expect when we trample underfoot the Holy Son of God, profane the blood of His covenant, and outrage the Spirit of grace? The Hebrew writer says, 
Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. It is a fearful, terrifying, awful thing to fall into the hands of the living God, the God of lamentations. I don't like preaching sermons like this. I don't get some rush or some high off of of preaching about how God pours out his wrath upon entire nations and destroys people and, and consumes entire... I don't like preaching sermons like this no more than you like hearing them. I like talking about God's love, God's grace, and God's mercy, just like uh, Pastor so-and-so down the street. That's what I like to do, but I have to preach the whole Word of God. We have to listen to the entire Word of God. We can't pick and choose different attributes about God that we like and throw away things that we don't like. This is who God is. And we have to know who God is. Because we're living in a world full of people who are confused as to who God is. And if we continue being ignorant of who God is, one day God is going to wipe us out. Thankfully, this is not how the story ends. There's a ray of hope. After all of the smoke settles and the dust clears, in Lamentations chapter 3, Verse number 31, the prophet says, For the Lord will not cast off forever, but though he cause grief, he will have compassion according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he does not afflict from his heart or grieve the children of men, to crush underfoot all the prisoners of the earth, to deny a man justice in the presence of the Most High, to subvert a man in his lawsuit, the Lord does not approve. God doesn't want to punish his people. God doesn't enjoy punishing his people. But he has to punish his people, verse number 39, because of our sins. God is loving God is patient, God is merciful, God is kind, but God is also wrathful. And so since God is so wrathful, may we, as Jeremiah says in verse 40, test and examine our ways and return to the Lord. Let us lift up our hearts and our hands to God in heaven. Peter would say in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, the Lord is not slow concerning his promises, some count slowness, but he is patient, not willing, not willing that any of us should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so since God has blessed us with today, since he has blessed us with this hour and this minute today, may we test our ways, consider our ways, repent and return to the Lord. If you're here this morning and you are not a Christian, you have just seen an image of what hell looks like. This is hell on earth that we just read about, but the real hell is going to be much worse. If you're not a Christian, that's what you can look forward to. And so I'm here this morning to to preach the gospel to you, to tell you how you can keep yourself out of that awful place. Hear the word Hear about how Jesus came down from from, uh, the very beginning of time to come to this earth 
and, and live as a man and suffer and to die for you. But not only did he die, he got up three days later with the keys of death and hell at his fingertips. And so if you want to have access to his blood, access to his death, and access to that salvation that he so graciously offers, you must be connected with him. You are connected with him when you humble yourself and go down in that watery grave of baptism, rising forth, just like Christ got up three days later, you're going to rise forth walking in newness of life, living your life for Jesus. If you've done that in time past, but you've fallen away, you've begun to live like the world around you, just like the children of Israel had begun to do, if this is how you are living, then come back today. Come back today. Repent. Repent of your sins. Dedicate your life to Christ. Allow this wonderful congregation to support you, to encourage you, to pray for you and uplift you. Come back to the Lord today. If you have any spiritual need this morning, please come to the front while we stand and sing the song.